There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Spark. We tell true stories. We tell them live. And we tell them all across the UK. This first story was told by TJ. In January 2016. When the theme was resolutions. Uh, so I've always been massively into setting goals. I can't remember a time in my life when I didn't spend the first week of January thoughtfully writing out what I was going to achieve in every area and making sure that it was all very balanced. I've already done it for this year. This was not part of it. Um, and, uh, and so I've, I've always kind of thought I have some control over what I'm doing, except when it comes to my career where I've often made decisions based spur of the moment and on intuition. And when I was at university, the only goal I had, I was getting an arts degree, the only goal I had was to travel and get out of where I was. And so I saved up and I did a mandatory uh, trip on Eurail to, to Europe as is part of my culture. And I ended up um, back in England with no money, living and working in Wolverhampton. And after I'd been there for three months, I got on the plane home and on the way home I thought, I want to work in radio. It's all I want to do. I'm going to work in radio. So I went home and I moved to the big city and I spent some time temping and in a temp job I met the people who had started a brand new breakfast radio show at a rock station. And we got on really well and I spent the next year, every Friday, I would ring them and I'd ask the executive producer, do you have a job for me yet? And every week, I'd, he'd make a little joke and, you know, I'd hear the other guys in the background all having fun, but there was no job. So a year later, uh, he rang me, which was very exciting, and he said, there's no job, but there's someone away for two weeks and we need someone to come do work experience. We won't pay you. Uh, you have to be here at five in the morning and then you have to be gone at nine. And I was like, sure, I'll do it. So my job for the work experience was actually pushing a button that recorded the live-to-air feed and then when everyone stopped talking and the songs came on, I pushed the button again. I was obviously very good at it because a few months later I was working as part of their team. So I'd made this happen. I'd gone from Wolverhampton on the plane, I'd spent a year ringing these people and then I'd gotten the job. Very exciting. And 
it, it got better all the time. I mean, yes, we all got up in the dark and all we ever talked about was how many hours sleep we got and, and you know, we did very important things like, you know, testing out does Red Bull give you wings by making people jump off platforms or, uh, you know, does Coke add life by pouring it in a cemetery. Didn't go down well. So, but uh, we ended up, we, we rated number one, um, you know, everyone knew who we were. I was once at a Bon Jovi concert and someone recognised me. And uh, after three years, the host uh, announced that he was quitting. So this was quite uh, devastating and basically our gang was under threat and we didn't know what was going to happen. But luckily, I had a plan B in my career. I had been training to become a life coach. Because I thought this media thing, this is, you know, it's good and it's fun and, you know, it's got some nice aspects to it and I'm earning money and I get up in the dark and I sleep in the afternoons, but it's not really changing people's lives. And I thought that's what I'm destined to do. I want to change people's lives. So I trained as a coach and uh, if you've never been to a life coach, don't worry, they don't need any qualifications. They do a course, uh, you see your own coach. You do about three months of learning what to do and then you get your own clients. And so people were coming to me wanting to know how to set goals in their lives. And luckily I'd been doing this for a long time and we never let anyone set just one goal. It always has to be at least three. They have to feel very stretched by their goals. And I help people start businesses. I help people get into relationships. I help people save money, even though they're paying me. Um, I was... <laughs> obvious. You know, it's a very intensive thing. Every client who comes to you, it's very systematised and they spend 12 weeks with you, an hour a week, and they go away and do the actions and they come back and they tell you how it's gone and you set some more actions and they go off and do this. So I did this in total for three years. The second uh, one and a half years, I did it full time at home on my own as a coach. So here's what no one tells you about life coaching kind of dull. You've got to really care about one other person intensively every hour. No one asks how you are when they turn up. There's no group process, there's no Christmas drinks, there's no spontaneous lunches, you have to be well behaved, you have to be well dressed, you can't swear. So after three years of doing this and helping people and making sure their lives were better, co-writing a coaching book, uh, you know, important things, I thought, this can't be my goal anymore. But you can't tell anyone that because coaching is meant to be the best thing you ever do because you're helping people. So I kind of wound down my clients slowly and... At night, when I wasn't working with them, I started writing letters um, to get a new job. And I ended up sending out 140 letters in one day. And two weeks later, I was offered two different jobs in television. And I thought, oh, this is good. So to the shock of everyone, I left coaching. And I went and did very important things like helping people declutter their houses or making a show that was wrestling meets improv comedy, you wouldn't have heard of it, no one ever should, um, uh, you know, put together some great pictures, met a lot of crazy people and about eight years in, 
I was working on a show that was a real passion project of mine and it was about emergency phone calls and it was putting together people who'd helped people on emergency phone calls and the people that helped who they'd never met. And so for about four months, I spent my weekends at call centres listening to raw tapes of calls and logging them. And the first show went to air. And the very first story we'd found, which, which we cast very easily, was about a small child, a little boy, who fell in a pool in his backyard and uh, immediately was unconscious. And his grandmother dragged him out. And the operator on the phone told her how to do mouth-to-mouth to, -mouth to um, save the child. Incredible story. And they were a lovely family. It was really moving. And so the show goes to air. It rates all right. But two weeks later... In the paper, there's a story about a little girl and she'd seen the show and her little brother had fallen in the pool and she dragged him out and she replicated what she'd seen on the show and she saved his life. So, TV changes lives. You don't have to be a life coach. That was TJ. Our second story of resolutions comes from Richard. At the same night at the Hackney Picture House. I um, didn't actually prepare this story in advance. I thought I would have time, but I didn't quite get to it. So um, if it's a little rambling, then forgive me. Um, but my story starts just over 20 years ago when my parents divorced. So my mum, Sue, and my dad, Michael, lived in Oxford. And instead of my mum kind of regretting it or lamenting it. She was a very proactive person and she went and she built the first solar panel house in the UK. So when I was a kid, um, I was known as Solar Panel Boy <laughs> and we got on Blue Peter, I got to meet Katie Hill and it was fantastic. But I always grew up kind of both inspired by my mum but also very nervous and sort of felt like I had some big shoes to fill. And like, I really need to do, do something big with my life. So then 10 years later, which is about 10 years ago, I was in my second year of uni. And I really wanted to be this sort of inspiring climate change campaigner who was really selfless. But I was just a massive stoner. <laughs> and I'd just sit around watching YouTube videos, getting really stoned. But I did philosophy. So as well as sort of feeling some pressure from my mum... I was like, there's this massive ethical responsibility, like I really should be doing something about it, but emotionally, I'm happier with the YouTube videos. <laughs> so I came up with this plan, which may not seem great, but at the time seemed brilliant. It was basically to take loads of acid and watch An Inconvenient Truth. <laughs> and I, I read about some guy in a graphic novel who did something similar, but I sort of thought, emotionally, I would start to feel the... Uh, the motivation, it wouldn't just be this intellectual commitment, I'd actually go out there and really do stuff. So on the day that I, I did this, I sort of was in my flat in Archway on my own, a kind of grotty little student flat, uh, I took a bit of acid, it was going well, I thought I'd build up for it, so I went for a walk, took a bit more acid, <laughs> took even more acid, and then I had two and a half tabs of acid and everything started to get really weird, and I was like, what's going on, why am I here? And I was like, oh, wait. An inconvenient truth. So I then <laughs> put the DVD on and I created this little zone using kind of a blanket and a chair. So it was just like the TV and then me. And I started to watch it and it was horrible. 
I was like, the world's dying. I'm not doing anything about it. Also, it's ridiculous to think I can do anything about it because it's so big. So I just had this major freak out and I called up my friend and I was like, what should I do? I'm having this awful time. He's like, why don't you put on a nice film? Like Disney's Aladdin. So then I put on Disney's Aladdin, which was horrible. And it got to the point where I had to write a little sign for myself that I put on my lap that was like, the world isn't ending, Jafar isn't real, like relax, you're on acid. So whenever I'd sort of zone out into the film, I'd look down and be like, oh. Um, so I, I managed to survive that ordeal. It was very, very difficult and it was kind of horrible and totally didn't inspire me about climate change. But in hindsight, I think I was kind of right, not with the, the tactic of taking loads of acid, but I sort of thought that I did need to align my emotions and sort of what I wanted to do with this kind of moral obligation. So after uni, I went and got really into making YouTube videos. And now I make YouTube videos about climate change. Thank you very much. On Thursday, 28th of January, we'll be telling true stories of first dates at the Exmouth Market Theatre. In association with the brilliant event, Romantic Misadventures. That's Thursday, 28th of January. Exmouth Market Theatre. Full details at stories.co.uk. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 